Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. But today I want to talk to you about the spiritual versus the natural. The spiritual versus the natural. And we're going to read from John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well of Samaria, and He says to her, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. Everybody say, God is spirit. God is spirit. spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, Jesus made a profound statement here to this woman in His conversation. He said that God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, we don't have to go to a designated place anymore. We don't even have to dress a certain way anymore. Some people are into this so much to the extent where they're going back to the old covenant and they try to be like the Jewish people, the way they dress, the way they pray and everything. Jesus said, we don't have to go to a designated place a special place to worship God like the Jews did in the Old Covenant because the hour has come when we can worship God anywhere and everywhere because true worship is of the Spirit, not of the flesh. We are spiritual beings and not subject to natural or physical places. Everything about God is spiritual. You know that. God is love. Can you see love? Can you smell it? Can you touch it? No. Why? Because it's spiritual. His power, His goodness, His grace, His mercy, His faith, they're all spiritual. We can't see them. We can't touch them. We can't smell them. Amen? Do you agree with me? Everything about Him is spiritual because God is spirit. But, listen to this, they manifest and they are expressed in the natural and physical realm. Though they are spiritual, they are expressed and they manifest themselves all of God's graces and attributes. They manifest in the natural world, and they affect our emotional as well as our physical world. But their origin is spiritual. We need to understand that. All natural things were created by a spirit being and the Word of God. All natural things, this natural world was created, everything that you can see and feel and touch in the natural was created by the spiritual world. That tells me 
that the spiritual world is the parent of this natural world, and it is subject to the Word of God. Beyond this visible world that we see, we need to be conscious and aware of it. Beyond the physical realm, there is another realm. It is the spiritual realm, and the spiritual realm is the parent of the natural realm. Whatever happens in the natural has its origin in the spirit. That's where the origin is. And we need to understand that the spiritual realm controls and governs the natural realm. Amen? Spiritual things cannot be measured by natural means. For instance, you cannot measure the love of God. It is immeasurable and it is unfathomable. You cannot tell me how deep the love of God is with a measuring stick. It cannot be measured in the natural. You cannot measure the grace of God or the mercy of God. These are unfathomable and immeasurable by natural means. Nor can they be understood with a natural mind. But all natural things can be judged by those who are spiritual. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 says. But he that is spiritual judges or measures all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Follow me through now, please. This is important. People who try to understand God and His ways using logic and reason find themselves confused and at best frustrated. That's why intellectual beings or intellectual people find it hard to believe God. Believing God doesn't make sense. How can you believe in a being that you cannot see, you cannot feel, you cannot hear in the natural? It just doesn't make sense. That's why intellectual folks find it very difficult, in fact impossible, to have faith in God because they try to measure everything through the logic and reason. Many people approach the Bible using logic and reason. The book the Bible is a spiritual book, it's not a natural book. If you try to approach or read it, trying to reason or understand it, you're going to get confused and frustrated and you're going to throw it away. Say, it doesn't make sense. Are you with me? Now, in order to know and understand God, we have to step out of the natural understanding, step out of it, into the spiritual so that we can grasp that which is not natural, but spiritual. Jesus said, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and you cannot mix the two. Are you with me? So you cannot understand God or His ways, except you step out of the natural into the spiritual then you begin to grasp and understand spiritual things. Now, the Bible says to trust in the Lord with what? What is your heart? 
What is your heart? Huh? It's not your physical pump. The Bible is talking about heart. It is your spirit. The Bible says that faith is of the spirit. We believe God with the spirit, not with the flesh. You cannot believe God with your eyes. You cannot believe God with your natural senses. Faith is of the Spirit. So the Word of God tells us to trust the Lord with all of our heart, all of our spirit, and not to lean unto our own natural understanding. Now here comes the question of all questions. Would you like to know how you step from the natural into the spiritual? It is so simple. We need help to misunderstand it. How do you step out of the natural into the spiritual? There's only one way, and that is by faith in God's Word. The way we step out of the natural into the spiritual is by faith in the Word of God. Faith is trusting the Word of God and doing what it says. Amen? Why do I say that? Because the bridge between the natural and the spiritual is the Word of God. There's no other bridge. You cannot cross it any other way. You cannot step into it any other way. Both the spiritual and the natural world are so near, yet they are apart. The bridge between the natural and the spiritual is the Word of God because God's Word is spirit. The words that I speak to you, Jesus said, they are spirit and they are life. You're learning something here. I'm going to teach you how to live and walk in the spirit this morning. Now, hearing the Word of God and mixing faith with it transports us from the natural into the spiritual, which in turn releases us from the limitations of the natural world. I'm going to say that again because this is so important. Hearing the Word of God, receiving the Word of God, and obeying what it says transports us from the natural into the spiritual, and at the same time releases us from the limitations of the natural world. That's why believers who have been born again by the Spirit of God can do the impossible through the Spirit. They're not limited to this natural, physical world. And you need to understand and believe that with all of your heart. You are not limited to natural laws. You are not limited to natural weaknesses. You are not limited to natural um, and physical conditions. Because you have a spirit, and the Spirit of God lives within your spirit, and you are primarily a spiritual being and not just a physical natural being. Nothing is impossible to them who believe, Jesus said. Did he say that? Hallelujah. Now, Peter proved that, what I'm, what I'm just sharing with you, when he walked on the water. And we'll see how he did it. Let's look at his testimony. Turn with me and let's read together Matthew 14, 
beginning with verse 25 through to 32. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out of fear. And immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Now listen, Peter denied natural law by walking on the water. Natural logic tells you you cannot do that. Whether there is wind or no wind, the wind had nothing to do with it. You mean to tell me I can go into the swimming pool and walk on the water if there's no wind? No, you can't do that. So logic and natural understanding told him you cannot do that. How did he do it? How did he defy natural law? By stepping out of reason into spiritual law. What did I say the Word of God is? Spiritual law. The Word of God is law both in the spirit and in the natural. Because all matter was created by the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and there was nothing that was made without the Word of God. So he stepped out of his reason into spiritual law. His natural mind told him, hey, you cannot walk on the water, but the Word of God told him he could. So he stepped out of reason into faith by hearing Jesus speak and acting on what Jesus said. He heard, he mixed faith with it, and then he acted upon what Jesus said. By doing that, he defied natural law, and he began to walk on the water going to Jesus. Now, listen to this. When he stepped back from the natural, how? When he stepped back from the spiritual into the natural, how did he do that? By looking at the waves, by looking at the natural, by focusing on the natural. He felt the wind, he saw the waves, and what happened? He began to be afraid and sank, but he walked a distance. The Bible says that Jesus stretched out his hand. Obviously, Peter must have been very close to him if Jesus reached out and grabbed him. He wasn't far away. But he came, he stepped out of the spiritual into the natural by looking at the natural things and considering that which is natural rather than continuing to consider the Lord Jesus and what he said to him. Are you with me? 
Just as we can step from the natural into the spiritual, we can, by the same way, step back from the spiritual into the natural when we start considering other things than the Word of God. Like what things? When we start listening to our natural understanding, our reasoning, our logic. When we start listening to our physical senses or listening to what others say about us. Hello? Listening to the natural situation or circumstances. What are we doing? We are stepping out of the spiritual into the natural. And then failure awaits us. More often than not, listen carefully, the Word of God contradicts reason and logic. Love your enemies. Natural reason says, hate them, kill them, destroy them, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Spiritual law says, love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them who despitefully use and persecute you. That's spiritual law. And spiritual law is higher than natural law. The way you defeat hatred is through love. Hello? Amen? So the Word of God contradicts reason and logic. His Word is contrary to natural thinking. But if we choose to obey the Word of God every single time, we step out of natural laws into spiritual realities which supersede natural limitations. In the natural, we are very limited. But in the spirit, we are unlimited. Proverbs 11 verse 24 says, listen carefully, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. In the natural, the natural mind tells you when you scatter your resources, you're going to end up what? Huh? <laughs> you're going to end up without any. It's going to lead you into poverty and not increase. But the Word of God says, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. Here is natural thinking, and here is spiritual thinking. And we are in between. We have a choice. In order to defy poverty and lack and stop its effects in our life, you need to step out of natural thinking into spiritual thinking by faith and do what the Word of God says do. Start to sow and give. Jesus said, give, and it shall be given unto you again. Good measure. Press. If we really believed that, we would search to get our hands on everything that we have to give where the Lord by His Spirit directs us. But if you withhold that which is right, that which is proper, you're going to end up in poverty. And believe me, that's the Word of God. Now, let's look at another example. I want to drill this home because this is, this is foundational. This is very important. 
Let's look at another example from the Old Testament. Turn with me, please, to 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. You are being trained to think spiritually and not naturally. You are being trained how to step out of the natural into the spiritual where you become unlimited, unstoppable. Are you there? Is it up on the board? Okay, let's read together. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. You see, in those days, if you couldn't pay your debt, they would take your children and sell them. And it was legal. And it was right. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. What she considered nothing became the seed of abundance. And sometimes we look at our lives and say, What have I got? I don't have enough education. I wasn't born in the right family. I'm not the right color. Never mind what you don't have. Just look at what you do have. We need to focus on what we do have. He says, what do you have in your house? She said, a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and don't gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me yet another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said to her, Go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest of it. Now please tell me, how do you pour from one little jar of oil into many empty vessels? It's laughable. What would you do if the man of God told you to do that? You would look at him and say, you're crazy, man. Hello? What would you do? Let's not go into that. In the natural, this doesn't make sense. It is foolish. It's unthinkable. Anybody will tell you it cannot be done. But the woman, though, listen... She stepped out of her natural thinking into what? Into spiritual law by obeying the Word of God given to her by the prophet. Sometimes the Word of God comes direct to you. As you fellowship with God in prayer, as you read the Word, the Spirit of God highlights something to your spirit. Other times, the Word of God comes to you indirect 
through your pastor, through a brother, through a sister, through your wife, through your husband. We need to be spiritually aware and sensitive. What did she do? She stepped out of her reasoning, and she stepped into spiritual law by obeying the word that the prophet gave her. In other words, she believed his word. She had faith in the word of God, and she acted on what the prophet said. Faith is not just saying, I believe. Faith is active. Faith goes into action. Faith acts on the Word of God. Faith obeys the Word of God. By doing that, what did she do? She released God's miraculous and abundant supply into her natural situation, and by faith, she overcame debt and poverty. She went into the oil business by faith, <laughs> just with a little jar of oil. Are you struggling financially to make ends meet? God wants you to live in a realm of abundance, not lack. I don't believe lack and poverty is of God. I believe God wants you to have not enough, but more than enough. Some of you are in the realm of not having enough. Others are just in the realm of having enough. But there is a better way of living where you have more than enough. Why? So that you can consume it on your lusts or desires? No. So that you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God and to others and to be in a privileged position of being able to give rather than always looking to receive. Almost every time I take people out to dinner or lunch, I'm the one who's giving. Why? Because I like doing that. I like sowing. I like giving. I live by giving, not by receiving. Hello? My mind has been trained to do that. Hello? You need to start practicing that. Some of you are not even tithing. I don't know what got me into this, but I'm going to tell it to you. Why? Because you're afraid that you're not going to make it on the 90%. Some of you are not honoring first fruits. Why? Because you don't believe the Word of God. That's why. And this fear, this unbelief, is what holds you in the present situation financially. Are you with me? I'm telling you, this is freedom. God is not after your money. He's got plenty of money. The reason you should start honoring that is for your sake, not for His sake or anybody else's sake. Amen? Amen. So by stepping out of the natural into the spiritual, this woman released herself from debt and poverty. And you know what? She rescued her sons from a sure slavery. And she was able to live by selling the oil that she had in abundance. And let me say this. Write this down. and Don't forget it. God's supernatural laws will always work for anyone, anyone, anywhere, any place. 
I don't care where you live. You can live in the dungeons. You can live in a squatter camp. If you will take God's supernatural laws by hearing the Word of God and mixing faith with it and obeying it, you will see the supernatural power of God released into your life and in the life of those we minister to and we try to help by stepping out of the natural into the spiritual through faith in God's Word. God's supernatural laws will work for anyone. God's Word will always work. It doesn't matter where you are. Hello? It doesn't matter who you are. The law of gravity works for all, whether you're black or white or poor or rich. It will work for you. Why? Because it's a law. Are you with me? It will work for anybody. It will even work for a child because it's a law. And let me say this. Spiritual laws supersede natural laws every time when they are applied by faith. But listen to this. They have to be applied, though. They do not work independently from us. They don't just work. We have to put them to work. How? By hearing the Word of God and obeying it. By hearing the Word of God and mixing faith with it. Amen? Just as gravity is superseded by a higher law. What law is that? The law of lift and the law of thrust. That's called aerodynamics. And so gravity is superseded with by lift and thrust. Even so, natural laws can be superseded by the law of the Spirit. You want to know where that law is written? Anybody knows? Come on, you should know. You read your Bibles. It's found in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Romans 8, verse 2. What does it say? Read it. For the law. What law? Of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There are two opposing laws. The law of sin and death the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of sin and death was released through Adam's high treason. It was released into our earth when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They released a law into this natural world that affects every single one of us. Whether you believe it or not. Amen? The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus was released through Christ's obedience to the Father. He released a higher law. Now, the law of aerodynamics did not do away with the law of gravity, did it? Switch off the engines of the airplane and you'll see <laughs> what happens. It will work. 
The law of the Spirit of life in Christ did not do away with the law of sin and death. It just superseded it. And when you step out of the spiritual into the natural, what happens? The law of the Spirit don't work anymore. The law of sin and death will go to work in your life. Hello? Sure, this is huge. (laughs) If we can only grasp and understand it, it will change and revolutionize your entire life. Amen? Why? Because the law of the Spirit of life is a higher law. When activated, it supersedes the law of sin and death. Amen. Well, under the law of sin and death, there are other laws that are governed by this primary or arch law principle. I'll give you some examples. Fear is governed by the law of sin and death. You know, fear can kill you. It will paralyze you. It will turn your hair from black to white overnight. Hello? It's a law. Just like faith is a law. Then you have sickness, disease, worry, anxiety, stress, strife, hatred, unforgiveness, All of the destructive forces that you can think of are under that arch principle of the law of sin and death. Under the law of the spirit of life, there are also laws that are governed by that law of life. For instance, health and healing, financial prosperity, good marriage, Good relationships, divine protection is under that law of life. Amen? Now, all of these can be overcome by applying the laws of the Spirit of life in Christ. Hearing the Word of God, applying it in every area of our lives, will activate and release the law of the Spirit of life and will set you free. For instance... Let me give you an example. The law of sickness and disease is superseded by the law of health and healing that's recorded in Matthew 8, 17 and 1 Peter 2, 24. What did we say? That the Word of God is what? It is law, both in the spirit and in the natural. It is a higher law. What does Matthew 8, 17 say? Can we put it up, please? that it might be fulfilled, not that one, Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. That is a higher law. That comes under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And when activated, it supersedes the law of sickness and disease. You're looking at me like I'm from another planet. Actually, I am. (laughs) 
I, I trust you know that you're from another planet too. The Bible says, he, he that is from above is greater than all. He that is born, are you born from above? Poverty and lack is superseded by the spiritual laws of prosperity and abundance in Christ Jesus. And that's recorded. I'm not going to read that for you. Uh, it's recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11. That's why we should know the Word of God, because the Word of God is spiritual law. And when applied, it releases you from the natural limitations of the flesh. It releases you from poverty and lack, from sickness, from disease, from fear, from anxiety. And you come into a place where you live life in abundance. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But the thief comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and destroy. How does he do it? Through the laws of sin and death. Amen? So our faith in God will transport us from the natural into the spiritual and will release us from everything that oppresses or enslaves you. We do not have to live under the yoke of slavery anymore, folks. We don't. We have a choice. We've been set free. The Word of God says we're free because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has already been released into the earth, and we have access to it by faith. God is not going to release you. He has already done so. God is not going to bless you. He has already blessed you. He has already healed and delivered you, forgiven you, blessed you, prospered you. The laws are here, and it will work for anybody who will put them to work in his life. The Bible says, and I'm finishing with this, Romans 8, 15 through to 17. Listen to what the Bible says. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. And if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. You're not just a natural being. You are primarily a spiritual being, and you should live by spiritual laws. Not by the natural understanding. And the way you step out of the natural into the spiritual, I've explained it to you. I hope you got it. So look at your life. Look at your family. And see, what are you struggling with? What are you battling with right now? What is it that is overcoming you? Is it fear? Is it sickness? Is it disease? Is it lack? Is it poverty? What is it that is troubling you or enslaving you? And when you locate yourself, then ask the question, what does spiritual law 
refer to my situation. What does it say? Underline those laws. Learn them off by heart. Put them in your mind and put them in your heart and start acting on them. You will walk on the water just like Peter did. You will defeat poverty and lack just like this woman did. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you loved us enough to release into this natural world the laws of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that are higher than natural laws of sin, death, and destruction. Thank you that you've given us the freedom and the ability to choose and to step out of natural limitations into spiritual dynamics where we become unstoppable, unlimited through Christ Jesus our Lord. For all this, we're grateful and thankful to you, our Heavenly Father. Teach us by your Spirit to know how to walk in the Spirit, to know how to step out of natural thinking into a spiritual way of thinking and living. And by this, we may decree and declare to this world that we are the children of God, born of the Spirit, joined heirs with Christ, And nothing is impossible to us who believe. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to sing that song, Michael. We limited you. What does it say? We, we've... Yes, be magnified. Yeah, be magnified. Oh, yes, we need some... We're going to announce some things as well. Um, How how does the song go? Be magnified. I made you too small in my eyes, Lord. Do not limit God. Do not limit His ability to deliver you and to set you free. Folks, it's time we start living in the Spirit. It's time we walk in the Spirit. It's time we rise above our limitations and above the circumstances that surround us, above the fear and the uncertainty, and begin to live in the rest of God by trusting in His Word and mixing faith with it. Let's stand. Thank you, Lord. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.